Thank you, Dr. Prince, for inviting me to come and talk to you today. <laughs> Let me introduce myself. You know, down the ages, the church has sometimes thought of us as kings from the east. As in that song you sing, We Three Kings of Orient Are. And other times the church has thought of us as priests from Persia. But in fact, I am neither a king nor a priest. I am an academician. I'm a scholar. I'm a teacher. My name is uh, Melchior X. Zoroaster, Ph.D. And in my day, I occupied the distinguished Starbucks chair in the Department of Astronomy at the University of Babylon. And as you might guess, my chair, the chair I occupied, was named for the Ethiopian gazillionaire who somehow managed to figure out how to brew uh, an oddly bracing beverage from the otherwise unremarkable bean of a little tree that grew in our area of the world. Arabian coffee, still the world's standard, right? So, down the centuries you have called me a wise man, which, if I do say so myself, is an oddly particular and appropriate nomenclature. Because, after all, my IQ is 157. My curriculum vitae will tell you that I discovered and named 14 different stars. A thousand years before the telescope, by the way. I coined dozens of obfuscatory sesquipedalianisms, unraveled enigmatic equations, mastered cryptic calculi, wise man, I guess so. But you know, of course, that the English word wise man is a translation of the Persian word magis or magi in the plural. And it doesn't take a particle scientist to figure out what magi means. The Persian word magi gives you your English word magic. We were magic men. And so together, one night in, by your reckoning, would have been 6 B.C., we discovered this extraordinarily brilliant star in the western sky. Later, we discovered that it was a conjunction in the planet Leo, in the constellation Leo, of the planets Jupiter and Saturn. So this planetary conjunction actually is an astral phenomenon that happens once every 20 years or so, even today. And so in my day and in my land, the planet Jupiter stood for kingship, and the planet Saturn stood for the lands of Syria and Palestine, and of course the constellation Leo stood for the Lion of Judah. And so we surmised that this star was uh, tr predicting for us that a baby king was going to be born in Palestine. And so off we went to worship. We got a federal grant, we rented some camels, and off we went. We must have made a pretty motley crew, the three of us, an assistant wise man, an associate wise man, and me, the chairman of the wisdom department. We followed that bloody star for months across some of the dustiest, grimiest countryside I have ever seen. God, after a couple of weeks, I would have killed for a decent Cabernet Sauvignon. And so after months, we eventually end up in the capital city, Jerusalem. And I don't remember what made us think that the guy in charge would have any answers for us. But we went over to the governor's palace where we met King Herod, a fat, stupid little man who surrounded himself 
with dancing girls and floozies and toadies and bodyguards the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger. But Harold had no idea what we were talking about. We managed to scare up some old priests who remembered this ancient prophecy that a baby king would be born in the hick town of Bethlehem, five miles south of Jerusalem. So off we go to Bethlehem. But when we get there, nobody has any idea what we're talking about. We ask the villagers if they've heard of this young man and his wife or whatever and this baby king. And all were met with are blank stares. I ask one villager if he knows anything about this young man and his wife or whatever and this baby king. And he looks at me like I've just escaped from the funny farm. He says, what are you, some kind of a wise guy? And I said, I beg your pardon, sir. I'm not a wise guy. I'm a wise man. So finally, we happen upon this modest home of a carpenter. And there she was, this young mother and this baby king. And I have no words to describe it for you. All I can tell you is that it was something I could never have expected in a thousand years in my wildest imagination. This baby king was a sight the world had ever, never seen before and would never see again until the end of time. And the only proper response seemed to be to kneel and to praise and to admit that my jaded, world-weary eyes had no business seeing this sight. So I, I don't remember why we thought our very regal gifts would be any use to a baby. But in retrospect, you think gold and frankincense and myrrh might have been the perfect gifts, right? Gold because he was a baby king. And frankincense because he was God too. And myrrh because he would go on to die for the rest of the world. So you know what gold is, right? But do you know what frankincense and myrrh are? I'm going to pass this around. You can take some if you want. I don't need this. this the, dark, the dark one is myrrh. This is frankincense. Pass it around. So both of these things come from the sap of trees, right? So in my day, harvesters would scar the bark of a tree and the tree would bleed its sap and harvesters would collect the sap and then they would dry it into these little bricks and then we could burn it for incense and perfume. And so my advice, friends, is that you follow the star into the darkness into some tawdry, meager place, right? I went looking for an adventure and found a mystery. I went looking for a baby king and found God. I went looking for knowledge and found wisdom. I followed a star and found my joy. So I'll invite you to bring your shiny gifts into dark places too. Take your gold and lay it beside this child because the Holy One was once homeless too. And take your frankincense and lift its sweet smell along with your prayers to the mysterious grace that fires the stars and sends them flaming across the sky. And take your myrrh and make some ghetto whole, sweet-smelling, once again. Good to meet you. Merry Christmas.